Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Uh, how you doing, Comrade? What's going on? I, I'm i in Twitmo, <laughs> along with Jules, our uh, less frequent co-host. Uh, last time we got our account suspended was on the same day. Uh, it was the same day that Julian Assange was arrested, um, earlier in 2019, uh, and then Jules just got her account suspended again a couple of days ago, and then mine today. Uh, no warning, no, you know, I was I was super good behavior, like no twelve hour ban, twenty four hour ban, seven day ban, you know, leading up to uh, suspension. This was just, it's just gone, you know, no, no, like, hey, you have to review this tweet that was not nice of a thing you said, like, mm-hmm. uh, nothing like that. Um, and nothing like, oh, you're locked out of your account, verify this or anything like that. Just suspended. No reason. Uh, other than that, they, they clearly have a list of people and someone manually goes through, uh, and checks the names and figures out, oh, you got a little, got a little hammer and sickle there. We're, well, we're going to, we're going to nuke your account because we don't want, uh, you know, anybody except for Nazis and turfs to have a platform on twitter.com. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, and I, I, like I was mentioning before we went on air and we're obviously going to talk about the Iran situation, Iran, Iraq, you know, Middle East fucking nightmare situation. Um, it, it is just ironic, the timing that your account gets purged. And I'm sure, you know, you're not the only leftist who happened to get purged uh, today. And we launched uh, an extrajudicial airstrike that killed uh, one of the most like highly revered and and highest ranking generals in iran uh at the iraq uh international uh air uh, uh airport which used to be the u.s military base of operations during the height of the iraq war which is you know ironic that we're bombing the fucking place we used as our base of operations in a country that we're still occupying and never left um it, I just, you know, and who knows if that has anything to do with it, but I, it's just ironic that the shit always seems Probably to happen. Not. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm more suspect that uh, that it had something to do with the Marianne Williamson laying off her entire presidential campaign staff today. <laughs> very suspect that my the timing is very, yeah. Time. And yeah. Julian Castro yeah. dropping out at the same time. Probably, probably I was all. nice. I tried not to criticize her too much, but clearly she put a hex on my Twitter account, Marianne, uh, with her, her healing orbs and yeah. dark crystal energy. Yeah, so uh, let's let's just talk about the Iraq and Iran situation because it's, it, as I said earlier, a fucking mess in, in many ways. Um, you know, Iraq has been a nightmare ever since we got into this bullshit illegal war that was started on false pretenses. Um, you know, when we, we eventually built, uh, the largest, uh, embassy in the world in, in Iraq, it's, I think it's got 16,000 personnel. It's, it's the size of, uh, the Vatican city. So that if that gives you any kind of a indication about, uh, whether or not we're planning on leaving Iraq anytime soon, we built a fucking, uh, city within within it's this a, yeah it's fucking, a fortress it's yeah an embassy is where you go to get your passport renewed while you're <laughs> overseas uh they they have consular services there i presume but they also have you know thousands of troops stationed there as well yeah. uh we're gonna send in four thousand more troops right mm-hmm. 
But, you know, I mean, it, we, it's only been, a, we've only been at this for a couple of years, you know, like we're still trying to work out the kinks of our uh, regime change war. <laughs> oh, what's that? I'm, I'm, ge- I'm hearing that it's actually been two decades uh, that we've been at war in Iraq. Yeah. No, we, we, um, we've been there yeah, for two thirds of my adult life, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it's hilarious that, you know, new decade, new, new, new prospects on the horizons of trying to move forward and get out of the, the last century of war imperialism and then you get headlines like this still why did the u.s become the focus of iraqi's anger this is yahoo news <laughs> it's a yahoo mystery news. it's a fucking mystery who, who who could guess like why why do you think iraq would be angry at us it's weird i don't know i mean it's probably it must no be a million fault. of their civilians or anything Cle- right? clearly we have to blame uh the the president of iran Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Oh, he's not the president anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, well, whoever there is now, there, there, there are the current so. president who's totally different philosophically from him. Even though we paint them both as if they're fucking like leaders yeah. of terrorist group, you know. Just so uh, you know. And before we get into what happened tonight, and literally just happened like an hour ago. So again, if we're uh, sparse on details, it's a still breaking story, and it's not even confirmed yet. But before we get to that, we should talk about the. Uh, precipitating event, which I'm sure this is a response to, uh, which was the um, uh, protests outside the U.S. embassy in Iraq, which, again, is the world's biggest, you know, embassy. It's a it's a as you said, it's a it's a military, you know, fortified fortress. Um, and there were mass protests outside of it because the U.S. Uh, had uh, d- uh, carried out, uh, you know, airstrikes in Iraq. Uh, on on militia groups, uh, militia targets, and these militias were uh, they claimed Iranian backed groups, and that's again unconfirmed. But also, uh, these militia groups were groups that uh, helped defeat fucking ISIS in Iraq and Syria. So this is, you know, again we 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 just we always constantly it's 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 kind of crazy that we basically do ISIS's work for it constantly in the Middle East, even though we claim to be over there to be stopping them. We're constantly like bombing and killing people that actually help us uh, and helped us in the fight with ISIS. And, you know, we see this in Syria right. and Iraq. It's so th- this is how exactly this is how Iran actually got a lot of influence in Iraq because uh, we destabilized the shit out of Iraq. And Iran, who has historically been, uh, you know, enemies of Iraq, saw a great opportunity to be like, oh, we got a there's a power vacuum and we're right next door. Right. So the, you know, the Iraqi army that we've allegedly been training uh, for decades after wiping them out um, don't have any stake in the game to fight ISIS. Uh, they're, they're considered to be like the worst, you know, trained or armed fighters in the region. <laughs> like nobody, well, the fighting, Iraqi guard is just, it's, like, it's, it's a joke. We forced all uh, the, the good so, ones to quit during the fucking, the, during the initial surge. We, we, the, or yeah, or we just killed them. Yeah. Um, so we, there's been like you know the Kurds, of course, have been the the main force fighting ISIS, which you know of course we're we're letting them get slaughtered by uh, Turkey now. Uh, and then you know you do have groups trained by by Iran, right? That are loyal to Iran, but you know in large part the the groups in Iraq that do support Iran are doing so because they're looking at every other country in the region. Who's actually standing up to the U.S. and is powerful? Nobody except Iran. Everyone else has the U.S., you know, the boot of U.S. imperialism on them. 
or they're just flat out doing it for uh, the U.S., like Saudi Arabia and I'm Yemen, real, yeah. right? So it's 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 really you know even though you've got uh, you know Iraqis are Arab, Iranians are Persian, uh, you've got this sort of alliance now with a lot of these people. But then other people are like, no, we don't want Iranian influence or U.S. influence. Like the people that were. Uh, you know, they burned up the embassy. They didn't, weren't just protesting. They, they, like, they oh, yeah, they, the yeah it, was, it was a riot, no. but I mean, it was, <laughs> it was awesome to, awesome to wake up New Year's Day and be like, yeah, we're doing it. Finally doing this. Because they don't want us in their um, fucking country because we're still an occupying fucking no. army in their country. We're not giving them any kind of sovereignty. But they were doing that because they were being criticized as being too pro-Iranian, right? Because they had burned down an Iranian consulate, uh, not in Baghdad, but another city. So they were like, oh, well, if you think we're just pro-Iranian, like, we'll we'll go show you we hate the fucking U.S. <laughs> yeah. too. So that was that was a big part of that. And that's, you know, it's obviously they burned up a wall on a huge compound. You know, it's theatrics, but it's it's good imagery. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was in direct retaliation to the U.S. bombing and killing 24 people. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it's just it, people said, well, they were they were just protesting. They were lighting it on fire. Well, what's the appropriate protest to being bombed yeah uh, like <laughs> you're supposed to just wave a fucking sign like please stop bombing yeah us. no it, it's yeah it seems seems like that hasn't worked for the last two decades uh so i understand their escalation so um you know and, and of course in response to this uh trump and every other right-wing uh shit you know uh shit lord has to be you know, like, oh, well, we this can't stand. This is such disrespect and we need a proportionate response and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they they uh, announced that uh, 4000 troops were uh, were get, getting set to get deployed from Fort Bragg um, to Iraq uh, and pre- presumably right to the embassy. But again, uh, 4000 troops is a lot of fucking troops to send to de- to, quote unquote, defend an embassy that nobody's actually been able to break into. Uh, more than likely, it, it seems like they're trying to, you know, stage the war, you know, set the stage for the war in Iran if they decide that they want to actually, uh, you know, escalate. And again, the, what happened tonight, you know, uh, it, it is uh, a really big step, unfortunately, in escalating a war with Iran. And what happened tonight, I, sh- I just want to read a little uh, bit of the article from CNBC. <coughs> Um, Iraq TV and three Iraqi officials said Friday that General Qasim Soleimani, um, the head of Iran's elite Quds force, has been killed. And wait, so this happened in the future? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I, well it's no, uh, just kidding. Time. Wait, so it's yeah, it's, it's like six hours ahead yeah. there or whatever. Um, I I know, I know. I was just being funny with the, the time zones. No, I know. <laughs> to, to be fair, Proceed. wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, the first time that the State Department and the DOD has sent articles ahead of time to the news agencies so that they report it in the proper way. Uh, you know when they're going to do something. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Iraq and uh, Iraqi TV and three Iraqi officials said Friday that General Qassam Soleimani, head of the Iran's elite Quds Force, has been killed in an airstrike at Baghdad's international airport. Uh, the officials uh, said uh, that the airstrike also killed Abu Mahdi al Mundadis. I don't know. It's close enough. Uh, the deputy commander of uh, Iran-backed militias known as the Popular uh, Mobilization Forces, PMF. Uh, their deaths are a potential turning point in the Middle East and are expected to draw, draw severe retaliation from Iran and the forces it backs in the Middle East against Israel and American interests, uh, which is a redundant statement. 
the PMF blamed the U.S. Uh, for an attack at Baghdad in an international airport Friday. There was no immediate co- uh, comment from the U.S. or Iran. And um, so, yeah, we extrajudicially uh, ju- extra bombed uh, the Iraqi International Airport, which, again, we used as a base of operations during uh during you know our major combat operations in iraq uh and uh, you know uh, this is really fucking bad because you know on top of that i'm sure they've killed they killed several iraqis uh this is all still unconfirmed what actually is happening but everyone um who really follows uh middle eastern uh foreign policy beat seems to be really fucking worried about this uh, and you know, like I, I just have a couple of, uh, art, uh, tweet threads here. So, uh, Rania Kalik, who, who again does a lot of coverage on Middle Eastern, uh, policy, uh, tweeted this in a dangerous escalation of its proxy war against Iran. The U S is attacking an Iraqi group inside Iraqi territory that was critical to defeating ISIS in the name of self-defense while uh, also laughably claiming to respect Iraqi sovereignty. The PMF group that was hit by the Americans has been fighting ISIS for years. They were on the front lines protecting Iraq from ISIS and Syria and engaged in the ongoing battles with ISIS in the Syrian and Iraqi deserts. They were the line of defense. Um, The American attack on this PMF group is not only a disproportionate act of revenge, it is also a threat to regional security. And it is pathetic for a so-called superpower to get into a fight with a small militia, which is actually a really, you know, salient point that I didn't think of. Uh, if the U.S. is behind this attack on Shia military leaders at Baghdad Airport, it will be a major escalation that could start a regional war. Very reckless and scary. Um, and so uh, and, and also in response to somebody else who tweeted, uh, it's starting to look more and more likely that Ab- uh Abu uh, Mahdi al Mandhadis was indeed killed in the drone strike at uh, Baghdad Airport. Uh, yeah, most Americans won't understand the gravity of this. Uh, Qasim Soleimani uh, is the head of the Iran's IRGC elite Quds Force. Um, yeah, so so basically, assassinating this guy is not this guy's not a terrorist. He's not you know. Osama bin Laden, which is what a lot of people who don't really understand Middle Eastern foreign policy were tweeting like, oh, this is like when we got bin Laden. No, this guy is like an actual, you know, high ranking general in Iran's military structure. This is more like if, if like, well, they, you don't remember Reyes, when like, Iran did 9-11, yeah. Anthony? You don't right. remember that? Yeah. Um, uh, it's like if somebody like murdered David Petraeus, like with a drone at his at his house or at like the at like Logan Airport or so, you know, like uh, or I don't even know. Good job. Yeah, I know. But why don't you know who the current like who who the current high ranking generals are? That's the only you know general I could think of. But that it's more equivalent to that. It's a really uh, it's a pretty severe, uh, you know, (laughs) escalation for, you know, regardless, I think. Provocation. uh, Iran's not an unstable country. They're the they're the biggest superpower in the region. Uh, They're not going to just hop into a war with the U.S., It'll be definitely an escalation of, you know, our proxy wars in Syria, uh, you know, and in Yemen and Iraq. Um, but, I mean, the, really, the most dangerous thing for Iraq is to have a civil war break out and Iran supporting one side and U.S. is supporting the other. Um, that would that's more than likely the, the you know, the, the most possible terrible outcome 
from all of this. So that's what people are, are watching closely. Uh, Democracy Now! had like an almost hour-long segment on this today. They covered this pretty extensively. Um, you know, even, even within Iraq, though, a lot of the, you know, there's people who are trying to capitalize on this and say, you know, like whoever the, the uh, foreign intervention, whatever side they're on, they're just sort of trying to use it to their advantage too, right? So it's not as though everybody in Iraq is a helpless victim. There is definitely bad actors oh, course, there yeah. too who are working to destabilize their own country. But uh, you, you can't deny them that they shouldn't have to put up with uh, imperial armies invading their country and bombing them whenever the fuck we feel like it. That's just, you know, they they have a right to autonomy. They have a right to self-defense. So when I see people, you know, lighting the walls of the U.S. Embassy on fire, I have nothing to say yeah, but good. No, I mean, honestly, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. people really need to think about that. And, and we're, we're so American centric. And I even see people who, who, you know, like our Bernie supporters and consider themselves leftists kind of being like, well, I, you know, this, how dare they do that? Guys, like, think about if this was happening to us. And, and like it like it like you live in, you know, wherever you live, New York or Florida, whatever. And there is a fucking uh, Iranian military base because Iran has, uh, you know, invaded our country and, uh, you know, uh, kicked out our, 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 our government and installed their own, you know, kind of puppet government there. And they're occupying us to keep peace. And on top of that, they decide to just conduct random bombing raids with no uh you know no approval whatsoever from their own congress or from your you know officials and they just decide to bomb people uh you know willy-nilly and it's been going on for two decades like just imagine living in those conditions and and not like burning everything that you know that that they've built there to the ground and like i, I you can't do it it's, it's fucking impossible so you know i i just feel like that's well, just imagine Iran bombed Popeye's chicken down the street. And now you can't, you can't get one get of those. Chi- you can't get one anymore. of those amazing new Popeye's chicken I mean, sandwiches that people are beating the I shit out of each other for. And, you know. If I can't alternate between Chick Fil A and Popeye's chicken every other day, then I don't want to live. I mean, what kind of this, the hellscape dystopian future is that? We got to get those sand towel head people before they. Take away our delicious fried. And I will say to my credit, I have never uh, once given a single dollar to Chick Fil A. <laughs> Just, I know that's, I know it's a small. It's, it's not, it's not like a big, but like I, I, you know, everyone's like, oh, you should try this shit. You should try this shit, and it's not even for, you know, I just, I can't give them a fucking dime of mine. Like fuck those fucking creeps. No, well, it's always it becomes this political football for gay rights, and it's like. They fucking sell dead chickens. Who the fuck cares what they think about gay rights? That's not the. I mean, that's <laughs> they're not the. You person, can buy like, your dead if, chickens if, from a slightly campaign. more ethically, uh, you know, uh, sound corporation. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. When your when your entire business is is murdering billions of birds, I don't I'm care what the CEO CEO has to say with with about Pete Booty Judge's rights. Um, who who <laughs> wouldn't even condemn them? No, yeah, Pete Buttigieg no, wouldn't even condemn Chick Fil A. He's like, oh, they do have delicious. Pete Buttigieg, like, truly oh the God, Dave Rubin of the Democratic Party, <laughs> just <laughs> just sell, sells yeah. his own kind out just for fucking you know for lack of wanting to upset anybody. Um, 
Yeah, but you know, I mean, like when the human rights campaign uh, throws trans people under oh, the bus, then it's like, well, okay, well, your whole thing was supposed to be protecting people, you know, the LGBTQIA, you know, and you couldn't do that. Like, okay, that was your one job, and you couldn't no, do human it. rights campaign. Well, your is, job is, is killing chicken. I don't controlled care. and fronted by you know yeah. rich cis gay white liberals. Like, it's not at all for any kind of an intersectional. Yeah. You know, like <clears throat> they're one of the worst. Like human rights or you know like they, they're just they're not at all interested in that unfortunately um yeah. which is why purely coincidence that their acronym <laughs> uh, is the same as hillary clinton <laughs> i know I, and every know. time i see hr yeah. somebody abbreviate hrc i'm like which shitty person and or entity is this referring to um yeah, that was I was always like every time I see like an HRC equals uh, sign uh-huh. bumper sticker on a Subaru, I'm just like, you fucking lesbians know better. Come on. Come on. Where's your intersectionality? <laughs> fucking. Yeah, that's the that's the the silver Subaru uh, station wagon. That's like if you if you live on the West Coast, you know who who that car belongs to. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, so, you know, I actually want to read another thread regarding the situation. This one's from Yashar Ali, who is uh, a notable shit lib um, and not somebody I, I, I'm a fan of. But he has some good context uh, for who uh, Soleimani is. Um, and let's see here. Uh, they're unconfirmed. And, and of course, he can't help but shit lib at the end of this thread. But, but the first part is is interesting for sure. Uh, there are unconfirmed reports that uh, Qasem uh, Soleimani, commander of Quds uh, Force, uh, Iran's external security agency, has been killed in drone strikes. Uh, if true, this will be a major moment, moment in U.S.-Iran relations, and Supreme Leader will undoubtedly see this as a major provocation act of war. Um, I can't understate how major this is, not just a moment in U.S.-Iran uh, relations, but a major global event. Uh, people comparing this to killing uh, bin Laden don't know what they're talking about. This is more significant, equivalent, and this is a little hyperbolic, equivalent to another country killing U.S. Vice President. Um, Soleimani is extraordinary, cl- uh, extraordinarily close to the Supreme Leader of Iran. Soleimani reports directly to the Supreme Leader. Um, <laughs> Every time I read Supreme Leader, I can't help but think of fucking Star Wars. It's it's just it, it won't leave my brain. Uh, the <laughs> thinking like, oh, what was he? he reports to Kylo Ren? Was he? Uh, the Quds uh, force is technically part of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which also reports to the Supreme Leader. He is more powerful than Iran's president. Uh, if you want to understand how powerful Soleimani is, all you have to do is look uh, to all you have to look to is a text he sent to David Petraeus. This text is an extraordinary yet unsurprising display of power, especially since Iran has elected, uh, has an elected president and foreign minister. Um, and this is from a guardian article. Petraeus was handed a phone with a text message from the Iranian general who had then become his nemesis. Uh, the message came from the head of Iran's elite Al Quds force, Qasim Soleimani, and was conveyed by a senior Iraqi leader. It read, General Petraeus, you should know that I, Qasim Soleimani, control the policy uh, for Iran with respect to Iraq, Lebanon, Gaza, and Afghanistan. And indeed, uh, the ambassador in Baghdad is a Quds Force member. The individuals, uh, the individual who's going to replace him is a Quds Force member. Um, yes. Yeah, so- I like how he phrased that, too. Like, <laughs> I know, it was very, very super villain-esque, very cartoonish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this guy is... 
And yeah, now he's dead. dead. So, <laughs> I, and you know, it's really, um, uh, and I want the second half of the thread shitty and about like, oh, well, I'm not making judgment and he's a bad guy and blah, blah, blah. Um, because uh, he can't help but shit lib. Um, but so, you know, and again, I, I don't know if this is going to lead to anything, but it's certainly not a good sign. And I think certainly there are elements of Trump's um, DOD and State Department uh, that are dying for a war. And Trump himself has said, you know, that uh, he, he tweeted back in 2011 that uh, Obama is going to start a war with Iran uh, to make sure that he wins reelection. Because, you know, unfortunately, in this stupid fucking country we live in, uh, wars t- tend to be popular at the start. And then, you know, complete. obviously, once we see the effects of them uh, completely fizzle out. But when you have a fake provocation that you can point to and say, look, we're retaliating, we're retaliating for this. Cause we're, you know, this is a strong response. And then you have the fucking media um, and quote unquote, both sides of the aisle, even though obviously we know there's one media that fucking pushes one narrative, um, you know, uh, beating the drum for war and saying how this is a necessary, you know, retaliation for the embassy situation. Like it, it unfortunately has more popularity than it should if people actually were informed about what the fuck is going on and why, you know, we're escalating these things. And it it's just, it, I don't think it's coincidental that Trump is, you know, seeing Bernie surge up in the polls and he's fucking terrified about losing reelection. Um, cause then he might have to actually face, you know, stand, face charges for some of the crimes he's committed. So it's like, well, well fuck, I better. Trump's base is anti-war because Trump's base had to go fight the last two wars, right? So they that's like the one thing that he can't budge on. But, you know, the, the corporate media, liberal media, loves a good war. That's the one place where they can't help but praise Trump. Um, remember a couple of years ago when Trump dropped the uh, mo- mother of all bombs on Syria, oh God, yeah. right? And... The media couldn't help jacking itself off. Uh, let's see. Nicholas Kristoff. Uh, Trump is right to make Syria pay a price for war crimes. And taking out an airfield is the best approach. I worry. I do worry about his execution, though. Oh, so you did <laughs> just 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 concern trolling about about this. Uh, yeah. Concern trolling about his methods. Not actually, you know. Yeah. Uh, Cara Cal- uh, Calavera. Uh, I feel better about knowing that Hillary agreed that Trump should do this. These people are <laughs> fucking <laughs> pathetic. Crazy. They have no thoughts of their own. Yeah. They can't form a fucking single. Co- like, they're, they're. Oh, my God. CNN's Farid Zakaria. Donald Trump became president last night. <laughs> I mean, just. Okay. And then you've got this, the, the, the galaxy brain, Brian Williams. We see these beautiful pictures at night from the decks of these two U.S. Navy vessels in the Eastern Mediterranean. I'm tempted to quote the great Leonard Cohen. I am guided by the beauty of our weapons. And that <laughs> was, and that was, you know, if anything's going to get Trump to fucking take us to war, it'll be Brian Williams. And that was, I think, kind of a combination of the Moab and then the airstrikes on the Syrian uh, airport. After, you know, after those, I, I think that was a combo of those two, uh, like th- those reactions. But yeah, I mean, it's pathetic the way that the media constantly uh, beats the drum for war. Uh, this is, uh, you know, again, this this might not escalate too much, but the potential is there. I mean, the the hardliners in Iran, and there's a lot of them, uh, you know, it's a good good chunk of their, like like the U.S. They're, uh, you know, I, we, we, we tend to think of these countries as monoliths, but... Um, all of these countries, even the ones that have hard right governments like Israel and Iran, uh, you know, yeah. they have these hardline 
conservative elements who are like, fuck it, let's fucking go to war. I don't care how, how, how badly we'll get, you know, slaughtered. Like, let's do it. We can, you know, and, right. and it's on yeah, their own they're, turf. They're not, uh, they're not like black Republicans. They're not a monolith. <laughs> no, no, black Republicans. We're not a monolith. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I'm I'm I, I'm a little bit less worried than you know, just because I've seen this play out over I, and over. And it, over. it has. But I think do you, I, would you, I would think you would agree this is definitely more of a provocation than than anything Trump's done so far. Like this is more of a provocation than bombing a mostly empty airfield or like you know dropping the Moab on a not uh, civilian heavy tar- like it's just. It, it could provoke more of a response, right. certainly, than any of these things that we were worried could pro- provoke a response before. It's probably probably didn't even mean to kill this guy. They're probably no, just they're totally fucking like, oh yeah, shoot, shoot so it's guy. very possible they had no designs on killing these people. <laughs> you know, he had no idea who he was. It was just I don't know. Pick a fucking G twenty six. There I you mean, go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who was there? Oh shit, somebody yeah. important. Oh. Well, they're gonna fucking send, gotta send Pompeo <laughs> over there, fucking this lard ass or to fuck it God, up. Christo fascist that he is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, our drone strikes kill ninety percent civilians. So uh, they, there's every every uh, chance. Well, that, <laughs> under Obama, there's a good chance we're not even up to that. No, that's true. It could be higher. Um, but. Uh, so, so again, the, you know, there the, the, there's a massive level of incompetence and lack of concern for civilian deaths with our drones because there's no human element to it whatsoever, other than the people who are operating these things from, you know, uh, who knows how fucking far away, um, and across the street from Starbucks, yeah, and in Burbank, somewhere or in Arizona. fucking Silicon Valley, and um, uh, yeah, this this could be fucking disastrous. So I, I, you know, we'll we'll monitor the situation. I really hope we're not uh, in a ground war with Iran by by the time we're recording the next episode. That would be really fucking bad. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. I guess, but yeah, not good, not good, folks. Bernie's gonna have a lot of shit. Which, to undo. which disaster do you want to switch to uh, next? Do you want to do Australian fire hellscape or? Uh, want to talk well, yeah, about let's talk the, about the, the let's talk the about the Bernie australia thing quick and then we'll, we'll close out with the bernie everyone's shitting their pants because bernie's gonna have a lot of shit to undo it seems like once if once he gets in the office but um but yeah let's talk about the australia situation because uh australia is a fucking hellscape right now and nobody's re- i mean you see scattered reports on it but of course you know it's not sexy so it doesn't really dominate the news cycle um but it's horrific no. what's going on there with no. these wildfires and well, you'll see articles in your your timeline, right? But if you go to the homepage of CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, it's you got to fucking do yeah. a search for it. It's only because we be, follow news you know, literate you, you people. See a, a picture That's why we see it in our time of thousands of people stranded on a beach, fleeing for their lives, and they're all white, and it still doesn't get coverage, right? And it's like, why isn't that front page? That should be top of the fold news on every single news website. You have people that are hopping in boats and fleeing out into the ocean because they're trapped by wildfires and there's nowhere else to go. Right. And, and what little coverage there is, uh, good luck finding the word climate change or global warming in any of the reporting. It's not there. It's just not, it's, it's, you know, it's the end of the world. And, You'd think that would make the headlines. It, it, I mean, it not. literally looks like fucking hell. Like when you see these, these videos and the entire sky is red, like, 
red like fucking uh, like the volcano planet on Star Wars. It's like it's it's insane to see the the the, the hellscape that these people are living <laughs> in, and it's like across the almost the entire continent, and it's um it's the whole country, country. Con- yeah, yeah. I mean their country continent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. It's the only only continent that's yeah. just one country. So uh, I got a couple stats here. Uh, let's see, half a billion animals killed. Ecologists at the uh, University of Sydney uh, estimated 480 million mammals, birds, and reptiles have died in the bushfires sweeping across Australia. Uh, Eight thousand. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eight thousand of the animals' deaths are believed to be koalas. So, if you don't care about lizards, uh, you better care about those koalas because they're fucking cute and slow. Uh, yeah, it, it estimated up to thirty percent of all the koalas in New South Wales have been killed by the fires. Jesus That's a, a state in Australia. So, a third of them in the entire state, and they, and they only have like four states down there. It's like they just cut it in half and cut it in half yeah. again, basically. Um, let's see, as of Thursday morning, more than 130 fires are burning in New South Wales and Victoria. Fires have raised more than 9.9 million acres across five states. They have five states, not four. Correct myself there. Uh, at least 18 people have died as a result of the brush fire. Some 1,400 homes have been destroyed. Now, we've had wildfires here in the U.S. where, uh, you know, many more homes than that were destroyed in a small area. you got to keep in mind that, like, this is across to... You know, these, it's not as densely populated. Australia, yeah. It's spread out. It's very open. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, and, and by and large, the, the middle of the country is not on fire because there's nothing to burn. But no one lives there either. Right. It's it's something like 90 percent of the country lives within 10 miles yeah. of the coast because that's the only habitable place. I mean, it's live. a fucking, you know, giant dust bowl, basically. You know, there's no it's very hard to, right. to sustain right. yourself uh, in the middle of the but they've got a, I mean, they've got a very okay. conservative government there. Um, their their system of government is less corrupt than ours. But you've got, I mean, they're they're like the Australia is the world's largest coal exporter. Uh, Japan has claimed that they are no longer clear cutting their forests because they're uh, you know basically importing <laughs> clear cut lumber from Australia. Like they're pretty much like all all the countries that want to pretend they're not destroying the planet uh, themselves are are basically you know, pulling all these resources out of Australia that are exacerbating the climate crisis. So it's not as though that they're, they're an innocent victim necessarily. Uh, You know, we talk about the global North and the global South. Australia is kind of, you know, the inverse of that, but it's still, it's horrifying. I don't, I don't wish this crisis on anybody. Um, No one wants to lose their home. Right. Um, But yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's horrifying. And uh, the fact that our media is just like, whoop, I don't know. How, but the, there was even an article I found. It was like, well, what's causing these wildfires? It was like it's drier and warmer than ever before. Gee, I wonder why. Is that just a I, weird like an, a weather anomaly this year? That that it's you know a little. When I read an article, it's it, this 2019 was, of course, like in the U.S. Uh, the Australia's hottest year on record. It was 1.5 degrees Celsius above their average temperature, um, and uh that's you know there's there's a fucking reason that's happening uh obviously this is you know uh we're causing this you know it's human uh made climate change and yeah i mean and i don't know if you even read that you you mentioned the eight thousand koalas but they they estimate uh nearly half a billion animals total have been killed by this fire it's 
okay. yeah, I see. 480, 480 million mammals, okay. birds, yeah, and reptiles. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, just to put that in perspective, that is like globally, globally, we uh, humans kill about 8 billion cattle, chickens, and pigs every year, and lamb, uh, sheep too. So that's that's like one sixteenth the total amount of animals that we kill to eat every yeah. year. So not that that's good. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the, a, that, a, that yeah. right there is a big reason why climate change but too. Fuck, but that's just to give you an idea of like the, the yeah. scale. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is uh, you know really unfortunate. And there's a lot of like horrible, harrowing videos. You mentioned the people stranded on a beach. There was that video of that koala i don't know if you saw that that like came up to the cyclist because it was just so fucking uh dehydrated and you know like di- like dying for water and they like gave this koala a bunch of you know they're and but it, it mm-hmm. is just heartbreaking shit to see it's it's just really uh horrific uh you know <laughs> conditions to live in and uh we're gonna be seeing that here uh, we've seen it here you know before but we're gonna be seeing it a lot more here and it's not just gonna be in california with wildfires we're gonna see it in every you know kind of dry arid place in this country uh that where, where this where these conditions are you know possible and uh, in the places we don't see that we're gonna see fucking flooding so you know it's just this is just a preview of of you know uh and you know uh shit we've already been seeing here but this is like on a much bigger scale just because of the way they are geographically laid out in Australia. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, no, we're, we're really fucked. Um, <laughs> again, this is just, yeah, I just, no, no real optimistic or any kind of takeaway from this other than, uh, this is happening and it's awful, but thought we should mention on the show. Um, God. Yeah. Well, you know, on to more, onto more cheery news. Um, Bernie's, Bernie's going to win. It. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, the media, I think is finally starting to acknowledge it. I think, you know, obviously they're, they downplayed his chances and his, uh, successes, the, you know, all election cycle, but, um, uh, they're finally openly acknowledging that he's possibly going to win and they're shitting their pants about it. So like, it, it's, it's really funny to see. Oh, it's such a beautiful symphony of pants shitting. I I swear. And, and even just like the takes are, are hilariously predictable, but I love the ones that are like almost implying that Bernie was hiding how popular he was all this time to like trick pundits. You know, it was like, well, I mean, it was so he he hit the five million donation mark. Five million individual donations. Right? Uh, five million. Yeah. Yeah. And there was there was some uh, Warren, Liz Warren uh, account on Twitter had a bunch of followers and basically said, well, just because he had 5 million uh, donors doesn't mean those, it doesn't mean that doesn't translate into people actually voting. They're totally different groups. And, and, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see how those two groups uh, behave once it comes time to vote. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> oh, I, I spent every last cent I had donating to Bernie Sanders, but I forgot to actually vote for him. Like what, what fucking planet yeah. you live on? These people are so fucking stupid and have literally no idea what they're talking about when it comes to politics. So it's always amusing when they weigh in. Or they do when they're just lying. Yeah, I, I, a lot of her fans yeah. are really not yeah. smart. Like when it comes, like they really don't, you know, know a ton about politics. They just, you know, they think like, oh no, she's just as progressive as Bernie, but she's a woman and she's not, doesn't have all his baggage. And, but like, they're just not smart people. 
They can't understand. <laughs> his baggage is being on yeah, the right yeah, side yeah. of history about it. No, everything. well, they still yeah. blame him for, for well, Hillary that, losing, and, so you know they, they can't fucking get over it. Oh, of course, of course. Well, that that's the that's the benefit of having people who are naive underestimate the person who's actually the strongest candidate is. You know, Bernie's base is is people who have been working on campaigns for the last 10, 20 years. You know, people that were there in the streets for Occupy, people that uh, had been waiting for somebody that was authentic. Right. So when they go, oh, well, Warren's just, a, you know, we're like, OK, that's <laughs> you can well, think that, but it's not going to happen. This is, again, why the biggest difference uh, between Bernie and all of these people is that, like you said, he's got this activist base and they're just a constant perpetual in a constant perpetual state of moving forward and pushing his campaign forward. And all these other candidates are only propped up by the media. Like, you know, Pete Buttigieg, you know, surged ahead of Bernie for five seconds in Iowa because the media just did constant (coughs) nonstop fawning praise over him. And the second that stopped, he plummeted back to fourth place. It's like same with Liz Warren, same with Joe Biden, same with Kamala Harris, who is not even in the race anymore. Like same with, you know, Klobuchar soon to come like, (laughs) The K hive oh, is they're, so they're, they're the most right fucking now. sad, deranged fucking people I've ever yeah. come across on Twitter. Sally Albright, Sally Albright, our girl, our, our Newt Gingrich girl, Sally Albright, admitted on Twitter this week that if Bernie is the nominee, it's it's our duty as Democratic Party loyalists to support a third party candidate to make sure we stop Bernie from so weird so weird like literally she's gonna go fucking vote for Jill Stein (laughs) to stop Bernie it's it's just so funny because she she criticized Uh, everyone so much for that that wouldn't support Hillary Clinton it's almost as if these people are fucking complete you know lying pieces of shit and have no you know scruples whatsoever the best part is that Sally Albright didn't vote at all Uh in 2016 she didn't vote for Hillary Clinton either (laughs) which is funny because she's probably the candidate that most aligns with her fucking you know worldview um outside of Newt Gingrich but oh yeah well she was a comm strategist she was a paid comm strategist for uh for the Hillary Clinton campaign she just couldn't be bothered (laughs) to actually vote for her so uh yeah there's been just like some amazing uh just just terrible, terrible takes. Uh, this is by uh, an article. Saw this on also. Uh, it was actually originally Daily Beast, but I saw it on Yahoo News. The title is "Yes, Bernie Sanders could be the nominee, and that would be an epic nightmare for Democrats." <laughs> <laughs> so this this guy's name is uh, Ronald Rodash. He was a, an American writer, professor, historian, and former Marxist. So that right there, I'm like, mm, okay, what changed? Real Dave Rubin right? vibes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, this guy, he's like 83, he's old fart. Uh, had a bit, you know, used to be in the left wing politics, and then got a big old boner for Harry Truman when Harry Truman helped create the state of Israel, right? And then completely threw away all of his solidarity and class consciousness. And now he just writes Wait, books in real time. Like left. he's that old that you know? he like literally left left Marxism when Harry Truman created Israel. <laughs> yeah, he was born oh, wow. in 1937. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if it was like right then. But uh, so this this just like you can tell he's he's got a, a, a niche and doesn't really know how to do anything else other than just be like, well, I'm a former leftist. And so his books include uh, the titles here, The New Left, The Leftover Left. And commies, a journey through the old left. <laughs> it's just like, 
like uh, what the fuck uh yeah uh, so he, he's currently employed by the hudson institute uh, according to their website, the Hudson Institute pr- uh, promotes, quote, American leadership and global engagement for a secure, free and prosperous future. It promotes public policy change in accordance with its stated belief that, quote, America's unique and central role in the global system offers the f- best foundation for security, defense, liberty and assuring economic growth. So, yeah, <laughs> it tells you exactly where his mindset is when he, he's basically do, do, doing this this far right Democrat uh, critique of, of Bernie Sanders. So I wanted to read a little bit of what he actually wrote. Cause it's just, it, it's hilarious. Uh, so it's from his article, uh, claiming that Bernie will be a disaster for the democratic party by winning and beating Trump. Uh, should Sanders actually pull off, uh, the feat of capturing the nomination, Donald Trump would have been given a gift that almost assures his reelection. So he's kind of he's actually saying uh, Trump would beat him. Uh, Trump already refers to the Democrats as the far left Democrats and has branded all of potential candidates as socialists. Uh, quote, we will not live in a socialist America, Trump said to cheers of uh, at one of his rallies, suggesting that such an outcome would occur should any Democrat win the White House. So he's contradicting himself right there and saying that, you know, Trump would say the same thing about any Democrat. So then why does it matter if Bernie was far left? I mean, Bernie's obviously not far left. Uh, you know, the what, Green New Deal has support of 75% of Americans, uh, like 80% of Democrats, um, uh, Medicare for all, the country support 90% Medicare of Democrats. All, you know, before, before the hatchet job on it. Yeah. So, so this idea that, you know, they're going to call you a socialist anyway. Why not fucking be one if you're actually going to do the shit that people want? Yeah. Fucking idiot. Uh, Sanders addresses a very real problem in America. Uh, for example, the presence of growing economic inequality, the unparalleled wealth at the power of 1% that has seen a $21 trillion increase in their wealth in the last three years, while the bottom half of America has seen a decline in their wealth. But Bernie's solutions like Medicare for all are not popular as Elizabeth Warren found out when she attempted to explain how she would pay for it. By running a million so, again, miles in bullshit. the other direction. Yeah, no, that's that was totally her trying to right. embrace it, you the, fucking the, the, moron. Like, what, what an idiot. The, th- the thing that wasn't popular was that Elizabeth Warren had this, this bullshit uh, flat tax idea for employers to pay for it that won't benefit small business, uh, doesn't tax the wealthy, uh, and, and basically make sure that Medicare for all would fail. When people read it, that's what was unpopular. It wasn't the idea of universal health care, like this guy's pretending. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. He's a total fucking bullshitter. Um, yeah, and... Um, see if there's any other parts worth reading here. Oh, then he compares uh, Bernie Sanders to George McGovern, who lost like basically every it. state they in the country to Richard Nixon. It. It's unbelievable. <laughs> The one thing yeah. they, they go to something from fucking so, 1972 yeah, he, to explain why 20 fucking 20 politics. We, we need to follow this, this outdated fucking philosophy from 1972. And it wasn't even McGovern's fault. It was there for the fucking party's fault for foisting a shitty uh, VP on him in 72. Like that's the reason he got so fucking destroyed. Right. So this, this guy, uh, Ronald Roshash, uh, quoting Nixon, referring to McGovern as a, uh, called him a candidate of amnesty, abortion, and acid, which is just, <laughs> just like uh, that. You'd think that would play better in 1972, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then he goes on to basically say that like, oh, uh, down ballot Democrats would all lose. 
because they uh, would be afraid to, uh, you know, endorse Bernie for fear of losing their their down ballot races. It's like, really? So the most popular candidate is not somebody you want to co-sign in your own fucking party. Like you don't <laughs> like, do you, do you, and this, this is the problem is, is, is like, does he not know how unpopular establishment Democrat politics are in the country in the heartland uh, amongst no, all these people not. that don't vote anymore because they're sick of, of, of corrupted party or does he know? And he's just lying. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't so know this question. guy that well, but he's clearly, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, and and then you see other people. Uh, hang on, I got some sirens going by. Yeah, it's like my <laughs> old place. <laughs> um. Anyway, when you and there's so you wanted to, to highlight this this video on Bernie's website, um, which which you know talks yeah. about his economic bill of rights. Um, because this guy just keeps referring to Bernie as far left. And, you know, these, the, the, the concerns that Bernie speaks to are universal. They're, they're truly centrist concerns because they are, are, you know, they're, they're universal concerns because they concern everybody and they speak to everybody. So this idea that he's far left is preposterous. So we're just going to play the audio from this uh, video from his website. Yeah. Freedom. 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 What does it mean to be free? Am I free if I graduate college with massive debt? Am I free if I have cancer and cannot afford a $300,000 life-saving drug? Am I truly free if I'm 70 years old and forced to work because I don't have the money to retire? Am I free? Am I free if I have to go to work with a fever because I don't get sick leave? Am I free if I can't stay with my newborn because I don't have paid family leave? Am I free? Am I free if I'm working a dead-end job that I hate just for the health insurance? Am I free if I lose my farm to big agriculture? Am I free? Am I free? Am I free if the only credit I'm offered is designed to leech me of everything I own? Am I free if I can't afford a home? Am I free if I can't vote because I was formerly incarcerated? Am I free if I'm denied food at school because I have lunch debt? This, 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 this isn't freedom. This isn't freedom. We have come to a clear realization of the fact that true individual freedom cannot exist without economic security and independence. Freedom is health care for all, college for all, jobs for all. Freedom cannot exist without you, you, you. White, black, brown, Asian, indigenous, Latinx, woman, men, non-binary, gay, straight, rich, poor, you and me. Demanding justice, economic justice, racial justice, environmental justice, social justice. Without a mass movement demanding freedom and equality, freedom requires recognition of the power all of our voices hold. And the change we can make, it involves putting people before capital. Putting society on the forefront. And that, 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 that is freedom. I don't know. It seems pretty divisive. They may take on lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more. A little, little more subdued. I, very, very I, I, effective I, and great uh, messaging in that video. It is. It was the audio was like they didn't really do like lav mics on it. It like they mm-hmm. just recorded in a room. There's a little room tone there. Uh, but I, I kind of like how they're um, like, they didn't over rehearse it. It's like they all read their lines only like one time before they said it. So it has a little bit of like a like a like or even reading off cue cards or a prompter or something, you know. 
yeah, yeah, which is fine because it's it's like you don't want an over rehearsed thing, and they they are all speaking from the heart, but it has a little bit of that that you know that meme that quality to it where it's like centipedes in my vagina. It's more common <laughs> than you think. It has like, like that. The more you know, a, type five. Yeah. Thing, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I love that at the end, like, I mean, they're, they're all saying things that we've heard a million times. We work in activism, organizing uh, social justice circles and all that kind of stuff. But I, I love where there's at one point he's like, you know, we believe in putting people before capital, which like that, that right there is probably if you're a guy like this, this, fucker uh, yeah. ronald radash is probably here probably here's the word put people for capital and just like shits is depends shits yeah all no, over the sure. fucking bed yeah is adult diaper needs changing immediately because it's just people before capital what are you how are we gonna like profit marks days <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> the the time to time to write another amendment to the commies and journey through the old left <laughs> so um yeah just you know, it, it's just these are these are fundamentally what people are concerned about these issues, right? Yeah. And and it's 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 you've had for ten years now, the the people that started Occupy Wall Street have been moving the Overton window and like making, you know, national political discourse into what was considered fringe back in two thousand eleven, but it's been ten years now, right? And here we are, and these people still don't yeah. realize it. Yeah, no, and and of course we've talked a lot on the show about how Bernie, in in many ways, is the culmination of the Occupy movement to get a candidate who, um, you know, uh, portrays and expresses the same values as the movement, uh, not only running for president but a viable contender to win the whole fucking thing is is just like uh, something I would say was probably unbelievable. Like if if you went to the people you know at Occupy in in twenty eleven and said, hey. Uh, in uh, nine years, uh, you're going to have a candidate who's probably going to win the presidency, who is fighting for all of these things and actually means it. Not just, you know, not just fucking pays lip service to it, actually yeah. means it. And, and half, half of them would have said Ron Paul. <laughs> I've been like, no, no, you fucking stoned. No, you, yeah, you would have told him Bernie Sanders. They'd be like, oh, that crazy I, I, I old socialist Jew from, from Vermont <laughs> with the wild hair. <laughs> Well, there was, I, I remember back in 2011, they, like everyone back then knew who Ron Paul was and thought he was like somehow a mm-hmm. good person. And I had to remind people like, no, he's easy. Climate change denying white free evangelical yeah. Republican from Texas that voted against making Martin Luther King Day a holiday three times. Like, just like he, he's just a, your, your average bigot. Just cause, right. Yeah, just because he you know, wants to make weed legal. He's not your buddy. Uh, but, but don't worry. Eventually you'll get Andrew Yang. So you can support that fucker. Uh, yeah, like yeah. me telling people from through my time <laughs> machine. Right. Um, but yeah. And people were like, like, Oh, well then, then who would you want for president? I would say Bernie Sanders. This is back 2011. I would say Bernie Sanders. And people were like, who's that? I'm like, look him up. He's a fucking Senator. He's a total fucking socialist. They're like, Oh, okay. And then they, they would and I never <laughs> talked to him again. I only um, knew him from Bill Maher's show, <laughs> but, honestly, back no, then. He used to go on all the time. And, like, he was, uh, he, really? you know, back when, before, yeah. I mean, Bill Maher always sucked, but he didn't suck quite as bad back then. And he would have people like Bernie on, like, when they were nobodies. And it was like, he'd also have, like, Barney Frank on every week saying the stupidest shit imaginable in a, in a comical right. Muppet, you know, fucking voice where I'm just like, how is this guy ever a popular politician? He has no fucking redeeming qualities as, like, a, as, like, a ideas person. And he also, Sounds like a fucking buffoon. Oh, like, how people, the fuck is this guy? 
15 years ago, people thought Barney Frank was Which far is hilarious, left. yeah. You know, they thought Al Franken yeah. was far left. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, the, the words working class were not spoken in presidential debates prior to 2016. And I, I know there's people that probably don't know that. Oh, is that true? Like, <laughs> literally? Was, That's never, you know, like... It, Oh, they just, yeah, they, yeah. nobody would no, do I mean, it. For sure. Nobody would do it. It was, it was the middle class. We got to fight to protect mm-hmm. the middle class. And it's like, you realize that's like four people at this point. There is like, no such thing. There is yeah. no middle class. They, they talk about, yeah, they talk about like the shrinking middle class. And it's like, well, where, where did everybody go? Like, do you want to maybe acknowledge the plight of those people? Uh, no, no, they don't. Um, so yeah, it, it's been it's been incredible uh, this this last decade, especially to see where we started. You, you, people got to remember, like Occupy Wall Street didn't start till three years after the collapse of the housing market. So like it it took some time to get to that critical mass. You know, I think a lot of people thought, okay, well Obama's going to come in and and he's going to fix shit. And then after three years of realizing that no, Obama was just going to renew the Bush doctrine. Uh, people had enough, and and it, it's amazing because you go back and you, you look, listen, listen to the things that Bernie was saying back in the eighties and nineties, right? Talking about the 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 one percent, the ninety nine percent, and then you look at what they were saying with Occupy Wall Street, and it's like it almost feels like all of that was a psyop that Bernie set up, <laughs> yeah. you know, or that they just borrowed everything from him in their messaging and talking points, uh, and and you know really well, but, ran I mean, with it because it felt like at first that, that Bernie sort of you know picked up a torch and ran with it. Really, it's well, the other and, way you know, around. He's bit, he was in those circles, like in the, you know, the, the, the movements that sprung up from Occupy really did come from those kind of radical leftist movements of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, which he was, uh, you know, a leader in. He wasn't just, you know, uh, you know, peripherally involved in. I mean, he, he you know, he was, you know, leading DSA meetings and like he he was, you know, uh, back when nobody fucking back, back when it wasn't cool to be in, in the DSA, you know, there was like 10 people in a fucking, you know, VFW in, in Burlington. Yeah. Um, and, he, you know, so that's where his his kind of uh, activism literacy came from, you know, like that's where his verbiage, I think, came from is being in those circles. So. Yeah, it's certainly no surprise that they the, the the crossover is there because he really never, you know, he's one of the few people that never abandoned his core principles and never abandoned that. Um, so you know, it's just it, it's just so amazing to see uh, that I think we're finally on the precipice of a fucking uh, Bernie Sanders presidency, and and it, and and people again are just shitting their pants over it. And they're a lot of them are just trying to cover their asses right now and just say once on air that like, oh, yeah, no, Bernie could totally win this thing. So that when people all say, hey, you fucking morons, we told you he was going to win. And once again, you ignored him. They're like, no, what are you talking about? We covered uh, the possibility who would win. Look, look, look at this one clip from from four months before the primaries where we where we mentioned it and then never mentioned him again. (laughs) Like, you know, that's that's all this is for because they don't want that clip of them you know, sitting at a round table laughing at Keith Ellison saying, yeah, you know, Trump could really win this thing. And, you know, Maggie Haberman fucking, you know, shitting her pants because she's laughing so hard. Like they don't want that clip of themselves circulating. So they want to at least cover their asses and have that possibility out there. Right. Right. So what was the uh, the other thing that you mentioned that was we, we talked about last week, uh, just the absurd slander to Bernie uh, regarding anti-Semitism, which, of course, is uh gross 
disgusting. But you, there was something else you mentioned um, that you wanted to. Well, no, I, I actually I don't have that clip with me. But they, um, no, I, it was just you know that oh. again. It's just like that. It's so just disgusting that they're continuing to smear him, especially in the wake of all these anti-Semitic attacks. Uh, you know that are being carried out. Like there was a couple in New York City that stabbing it, and who knows even what the fuck that was about. You know because it wasn't. Uh, it, it was just a weird situation. Just really unfortunate but again he's you know uh th- there was this great speech he gave uh at a menorah lighting i think it was in i it was in one of the early primary states i don't don't quote me it was iowa or new hampshire somewhere um uh, you know addressing bigotry and and you know violence and he he just uh, you know uh, it's just so disgusting that they're continuing to just try to fling everything they can at the wall to see what sticks. And the fact that they'd stoop as low to claim that somebody whose family, again, was wiped out in the fucking Holocaust and concentration camps is somehow anti-Semitic and or anti-Semitic adjacent because of the people he associates with, because he has the, the temerity to associate with people that don't think that uh, Palestinians uh, should be, you know, fucking occupied and treated as if they weren't, you know, uh, citizens are able to live on their land. He, he just has the temerity to think that, um, and they'll never forgive him for it. And like Joe Biden today put out an op-ed. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I don't even know where it was from about uh, anti-Semitism, and you know, really just jumping on the opportunity because again, he's a fucking horrible shit lib, and he just can't help himself. So he he. Uh, Uh, wrote this uh and it's why i've been clear calls here in the united states to boycott divest from and sanction israel are wrong period the bds movement singles out israel home to millions of jews in a way that is inconsistent with the treatment of other nations and is often and uh it too often veers into anti-semitism while letting this and this is so fucking galling while letting palestinians off the hook for their choices their choices Their choices, their choice (laughs) to be fucking occupied by a murderous fucking bloodthirsty, you know, uh, occupying army and, and, you know, literally forced off their land. Hey, hey, you chose to have children in a giant open air prison of 1.7 million people. Nobody forced you to bring a child into that hellscape. Just think about what you're what you're forcing Israel to do to that child. Uh, Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, they're not critical of other like what you 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 want you know you want you want to talk about other human rights disasters you think that people in bds aren't aware of what saudi arabia oh does? no yeah people people in bds are super of, big of, fan, of, <laughs> big fans of China? big fans of saudi arabia uh, yeah. yeah preposterous right so you know in in the situation with with bds and with israel is unique because i mean there's only there's nobody else that the U.S. gives that much aid yeah. and weapons to other than Israel. We're the only reason why they get away with it, right? And we're, we're the country that blocks every uh, U.N. Security Council resolution trying to uh, condemn or sanction Israel for their for slaughtering civilians yeah. left and right, right? So to, to say that, you know, that, well, they, they're not taking into consideration other countries, like, that's just stupid, if any other country did the kinds of things that uh, that Israel does specifically, 
Yeah, we'd we call would, for a boycott. You know, we yeah. would be the ones calling like if, for if, if, if the U.S. was giving billions of dollars in aid to China to um, continue their to operate their concentration camps with the Uyghur Muslims, we would be like, hey, we should boycott, divest and sanction China because this is bullshit. And, you know, we don't support this like that. Yeah. But of course, Israel is unique because they're basically uh, a baby United States like they're the there are. Uh, essentially our, our, you know, our arm of, of us imperialism in the middle East, they were a state that we created, um, and we fund and they work arm in arm with us. So it's like, it's essentially just us criticizing our own government in a way when you, when we talk about Israel, because not much of what they do isn't sanctioned Mm. and, or, you know, provided to them by the United States. So it's, it's really not. Uh, remotely what anyone portrays it as and you know but of course they know that and they're just doing that uh, callously because they know that's the only defense that they have against the disgusting continuation of support for this fucking horrible murderous right-wing fascist regime that doesn't even recognize uh, Muslim Israelis as citizens anymore I mean it's it's fucking unreal the the level of um, you know disdain and and uh, that they have for for Muslims in Israel, uh, the good, the right wing government. Did you see the, uh, the picture of Bernie wearing the, the kippa? Yeah, on his yeah, head? yeah. From, from the, the little, door lighting, he's doing yeah. the, the lighting thing. Yeah. Because he's not, I mean, he's, he's, he, he's basically, a secular I'm pretty sure he's an atheist. He? But yes, he's, he's, a, he's a cultural Jew. It's just, Right. I just kind of like I, when I saw that, I was kind of like, is he doing that just because he, he's he, he probably did it in solidarity because of all, all these the fuckers. attacks and stuff. And I get it. You know, it, it's yeah. like, you know, you still like like I, you know, and I'm pretty hardcore atheist. But if you go to a funeral, you still go to the church and you still fucking stand and sit what everyone else does. The fucking brainwashing that they do. Just, yeah. just to not yeah, like have to be like, hey, why aren't you standing? Like, you just like, I don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> like, I'll stand. I'll pretend that I'm saying words, even though I don't know what the fuck people, you know, like. So I, so I get yeah. it. <laughs> it was, it, it's funny. I was just watching um, uh, Kirby Enthusiasm last night, and there's this episode where uh, Lear's getting divorced, right? And uh, of course, you know, he's he's like he, the whole time he thinks his divorce lawyer's Jewish. Uh, and his lawyer is played by Paul F. Tompkins from uh, Mr. Show fame. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it turns yeah. out he's not Jewish, but he's been just like doing all these things to hint that he was. So there's, they're like, he's not even Jewish. He's Swedish. I'm like what? And then like all these other, <laughs> like apparently in this episode, like the, the owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, had the same divorce lawyer and he like fucked it up. And then he lost, he like loses the, or, or the loses the, the, the baseball team. Uh, and then uh, they, like basically attribute it all to the fact that he wasn't a real Jew. That's like this whole big, big <laughs> Jew. Yeah. Anyway, that's funny. Bernie has really funny thoughts on the Brooklyn Dodgers. You ever see that clip of him from that like weird eighties movie that he like cameoed in as a rabbi? I did. It's yeah. Re- I haven't seen it for it was a while, so fucking but fun. it's, he's like very, it's like a, basically like a, basically like a stand up routine that he does about like the Dodgers leaving Brooklyn. Cause, and he's legit like, cause he still talks about that. Like whatever he talks about baseball and he's a you know yeah. huge baseball fan, obviously. He's how, how long has that uh, been that they've been in, in Los Angeles? Oh, 50 years, like, like way before we were born, like 50, 60 years. Oh, now. it's been that um, long. Okay. I didn't realize it was yeah. that my long. grandpa still talks about it. It, it. People from New York are very salty about that and understand that. Oh, like if, sure. if your fucking favorite team, like, left and went to fucking la of all places it's like fuck you like come on you know it's like come on 
And Brooklyn was way, you know, and still is like a way more working class team than yeah. like the Yankees were. You know, the Yankees were the were the fucking dynasty, and the Brooklyn Dodgers were the scrappy underdogs and you know, right. the team that brought the first well, black it, it, Clearly, like I'm not game. a I'm not a sports ball aficionado, but when I said Brooklyn Do- Dodgers, it like I was like, oh wait, but they're L.A. Wait, when did they move? <laughs> like in, in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Because so many people still refer to them as the Brooklyn Dodgers. In my brain, that's what came out. Even though I know that, you know, they're, they've been in L.A. for a while. I didn't know it was that long ago. But. And actually, I, I don't know if this for a fact, but I, and, you know, it's a little fact check me, but I, they might have been the first team to, like, relocate to a different, like, uh, you know, yeah. first major sports team to do that. Because that, that's, you know, a fairly that's a recent long phenomenon. ways, too. That's not like, oh, hey, we play in New Jersey now. That's like, we're just fucking goodbye. Oh, East no, Coast. yeah, we're just, <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's not just, and it's not just like, oh, they're, you know, change it to if it, a lot of this is like these, especially in modern times, like you had teams like the Cleveland Browns leaving Cleveland for Baltimore to become the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and what they do, it's not only that they like fuck over the fans, but they fuck over the city because they have these cities build these fucking multi billion dollar stadiums for them. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, we're totally with taxpayer money. And then if they don't like the fact, you know, if they're, if they're not doing as well as they want to financially or if, what, if they don't like the fucking weather, whatever these billionaire fucking owners mm-hmm. whims are, they decide to move the team to uh, a, and they basically like Amazon. They take bids from these fucking cities and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll go to, you know, I'll go to Baltimore. Like, you know, it's just fucking gross. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it's they, really horrible to the fans. They blackmail the, you know. cities. Yeah, they blackmail cities. Um, so the Detroit had just come out of bankruptcy a couple of years ago and the, the Illiches, the owners of little Caesars pizza uh, who have billions and billions of dollars said, well, we want a new, uh, a new hockey stadium. Well, Joe Louis Arena was perfectly fine. Everyone, you know, right downtown, yeah. everyone got to it just fine. They're like, Nope, we want a brand new one. So build it for us. And we want the taxpayers to pay for it. Uh, and we're going to own it. And that's it or else we'll move the team out of Detroit. Right. And it, it was, just, it was like what you just shut down a third of all the fire departments in, in a city where there's about 3000 arsons every year. Right. Uh, a quarter of all the schools were shut down. Um, there are schools that have the same lead pipes, the way that Flint does where they can't drink the water and you're to spend $400 million of taxpayer money in a bankrupt city on welfare to build a new stadium for people that are billionaires. Just unfucking real. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But they got to put their name on the building. So, you know. Oh, yeah. And I've talked <laughs> win, about win. this before, but man, you can you can they they originally like all the design specs had the uh the uh, Detroit Red Wings logo on the on mm-hmm. top of this huge arena that you can see from space. That's not what they fucking put there. Of course they oh, put course. the fucking little Caesars logo on that fucking thing. You can see it from space. It's it's obscene. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, on the flip side, you can get a five dollar large pizza from them that 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 may not give you explosive <laughs> diarrhea. So, you know, right. right. Well, that's <laughs> it's a win win stadium. If you go there, it's fifteen dollars per slice. And then if you want a beer, it's like another twenty five dollars. <laughs> but yeah, right. You know, anything, you know, whatever. Only the best for uh, Kid Rocks fans. You know, that's what they that's <laughs> really what they, that's how they what they do with it. Most of the time is they have fucking shitty, uh, trashy concerts for people to live out, out in the suburbs to come into Detroit and you know scream the n-word at people walking down the street who live there and wave their <laughs> confederate flags yeah. yeah i was i yeah. was there at the opening of this michigan noted awesome. noted confederate uh noted state in the confederate army of course michigan yeah 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 
Ugh. Ugh yeah. God, I hate people. Well, Fuck so yeah, you. and and yeah, and um, and you know, wrapping up the Bernie thing, you know, the, a large reason that a lot of these people are shitting their pants is because the Q4 <laughs> numbers came out, or <clears throat> you know, the self-reported ones came out. Because of course, the bad campaigns like the Warren campaign are not releasing their numbers yet. They'll come out when they are officially released by the FEC. But um, Bernie raised. Uh, $34.5 million last quarter in the last three months, shattering his previous record, oh, which I think was like uh, 28. So, so the Jews hoarding all the wealth. Is that what we're led to believe? <laughs> Someone tweeted today, like, you know, wh- when when's the shitlib pundit take going to become uh, Bernie hates capitalism, yet he raises the most money or something like that? Right. Um, well, the, the horse pisser uh, account, the Exxon lobbyist said, <laughs> It was like basically oh mocking the dumbest people they've ever saying, well, it, you know, oh, I, I, I got $10 from one person. Oh, but I'm not as good as someone who got $10 from or got $1 from 10, 10, people. ten $1. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it means. You fucking idiot. And you know better, too, because you're a fucking and also lobbyist. And also Bernie got way more money than anybody who takes corporate money. So it's also just a redundant and wrong point. But he's a fucking willful, you know moron who tries to gaslight people and just has nothing fucking better to do than tweet bullshit all day um and piss on horses apparently (laughs) and piss on horses yeah so 34.5 uh million as we said he reached 5 million individual donors which is another record for a presidential campaign trump raised 47 million last quarter but again trump's taking almost all of his money from you know gigantic corporations and billionaires and you know his his fucking shitty base also contributes but um you know he's taking a ton of corporate cash in bernie's doing this with no corporate cash no billionaire money no you know pack money and it's like uh it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable figure that it's so big that even the media can't ignore it which is why they're now panicking well and and you know it's a good thing to point out that uh in a lot of the states when um you know during the primary 2016 uh the overall turnout of republicans in the primaries was way higher than the turnouts uh for a lot of democrats right but mm-hmm. to his credit that's why you want a strong candidate because that will boost democratic voter turnout right like if you this 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 ronald I don't know what the fuck his name was. Guy said, oh, well, you know, states that used to be Democratic strongholds will now be in play if Bernie gets the nomination. Well, well, yeah, but he's forgetting the fact that those states were landslide defeats for Hillary Clinton. So, yes, they'll be in play, but that's why you want a unified party around the strongest candidate to get out the vote and get the most amount of people to the polls and to fucking win Pennsylvania and win Minnesota, and win Michigan, and win Indiana, you know, and Florida, you know? I mean, if you do the math, there's only two or three states that Bernie's got to win that Hillary lost to landslide defeat Trump. And and coincidentally, they're all states that he beat her in in the primary. So, you know, right. just just, <laughs> right. just throw that out there. Um, yeah. um, but I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, though, because that, that video I played, it, it was pretty divisive. I don't know if that guy's going to be able to unify uh, the Democratic Party. <laughs> oh god i mean uh, since uh, since when do people in iowa care about putting food on the table that's the, that's an urban aoc latinx issue from brooklyn or whatever doesn't doesn't yeah. play well in the rust belt uh yeah no it's just that's just absurd yeah 
Um, I actually counted this up. I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I, I, I was curious exactly how many states Hillary Clinton won in the primary that she also won in the general election. And I couldn't find the numbers anywhere. So I had to like hand count it, which is not easy because I'm not like a, like a right brain person, more visual <laughs> learner. Right. Yeah, um, so I counted up and it was only, there's only 10 states, 10 states that Hillary Clinton won in both the primary and the general. That's, I mean, that, that's just pathetic. laughable. That's pathetic. Yeah, that's pathetic. So you figure that, you know, every state that she won would be a state that, Bernie also won, plus all the states that he would have won that she lost, which he only need a couple. Realistically, he could win four or five states that Hillary Clinton easily lost. Uh, and you could have, I mean, you could have Bernie beating Trump with double digits easily. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this could be a, a historic landslide not seen since like Reagan's landslides in the 80s. Like this, this, this could be a Reagan level landslide in the right direction uh, for once uh, yeah. which is just or, something really you know, to think about it was, it was the last term that fdr was elected he won 42 states i say reagan just because it's the most recent because he won i think like 48 oh, yeah. 49 yeah. states in in uh, 84 i believe um against just a real fucking winner michael dukakis can't believe that guy didn't excite people to go and vote <laughs> Oh God! With those that fucking photo of the tank, like Jesus Christ, what dude! Al like, Gore, so- but also a unibrow. What? No, you don't like that? <laughs> okay, not even with the tank. All right. Yeah. Al Gore's fine, but maybe a little more Mister Rogers and a little more wimpish and a little less uh, charismatic. Um, yeah, no, just just awful. Um, but ju- just also to give people some uh, fundraising totals because this is the people that have reported so far. Bernie, you know, fucking lapped the field, 34.5 million. Uh, Booty Judge, 24.7 million, which, of course, mostly comes from his fucking billionaire wine cave donors. Uh, Biden still falling at 22.7 million. And again, these two two candidates take the most corporate cash still not even coming close to Bernie. Uh, Yang, 16.5 million, which is pretty high for a candidate polling, you know, uh, not as high, you know, not in the top four. and Tulsi at 3.4 million. Now Warren was trying desperately to make 20 million uh, as of uh, New Year's Eve. She was sending fundraising out emails talking about trying to get her to 20 million for the quarter. So her fucking numbers are tanking. Like she was, you know, up, you know, around 20. It, it, it's you could literally track media cover favorable media coverage with these donation surges for these candidates and then the dip down with their dip in, you know, favorable coverage. And again, this is why they can't, they can't fucking artificially prop any of these people up. Like they can't do it. They no. just, they've tried no, so hard and they're weeks. never going to. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's just they the thing with Trump was that they were propping up a candidate who was really popular with the wrong people. Right. Yeah. I mean, imagine, you know, if they were like, oh, this is terrible. How did this happen? Like, well, maybe if you had ignored Trump the way you ignored Bernie, uh, you wouldn't have put him over the top. You know, you, you the, the spectacle, you know, pretending he's so important, you have to show his empty podium for an hour uh, instead of showing Bernie and giving an acceptance, you know, giving a, con, uh, you know, speech after sweeping four states in front of like a wooden fence too. Like, so, 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 so like downplaying Bernie. It's like, well, I don't give a shit. Just fucking do it here. We'll do it live. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's just, you know, it just Michael Moore's film. I haven't seen, what was the, what was the last one he just did? 
Um, uh, or no, he's got at eleven nine. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, that's it. That is what I'm thinking of. But he, I thought he had another one that already came out, but maybe it's not out yet. Um, yeah, uh, Fahrenheit eleven nine, of course, is is the one where uh, he finally pissed off all the shit libs, and uh, you know, every last Hillary voter uh, hates him now for basically blaming Hillary for getting Trump elected. But there's no way you cannot draw that conclusion by every measure. Well, and he, um, and, and the but great just thing about showing, not, yeah. What's that? Well, as you say, the great thing about Fahrenheit 11.9, and we talked about it, I don't think we, did we, we didn't review it, but we, we talked about it when it came out on the did air. We? How, no, we, we review, no, I don't, we might have, I don't know, I'd have to double check. We should if we haven't. I, I, um, I thought we did, it, but maybe we didn't. I, no, we <laughs> talked about it a lot on the show, but I don't think we formally reviewed it. Um, but the great thing about that movie was that it was marketed to the MSNBC crowd who fucking hate Trump, and it was marketed completely around Trump. And there's such a little amount of Trump. I mean, obviously, it talks about his rise, but it really talks about the root causes that led to Trump. And it talks about the shit that we've talked about for years now on the show about, mm-hmm. you know, the Democratic Party's incompetence and their, uh, you know, it, just, it, it really is um, one of his best, <coughs> excuse me, one of his best movies. And it because it really gets into how badly the Democratic Party fucked up by by cheating Bernie out of the nomination. Yeah. Um, and they exposed us to that stat, which I didn't know about before that, that Bernie literally won every single county in West Virginia, yet walked away with less delegates than Hillary in West Virginia. He won all 47 counties in West Virginia, yet he walked away with like five less delegates than Hillary did from West Virginia. It was just a, a great microcosm. What do you mean, Riggs primary? You yeah, no, what conspiracy you- theorists. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. well, the other great thing about the doc is, of course, it introduces uh, Richard Ojeda to the world, um, as well as oh, AOC, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I think that people had sort of heard who AOC was by the time that Phil came, came out. But yeah, uh, when he was Ojeda, filming her, she was still a nobody. But then by the time. Yeah. 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 Um, well, shit, maybe we need to review that if we haven't already. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we're going to no, like, go look great. and realize we did and be like, oh, shit, we don't remember. <laughs> did we review Fahrenheit 9-11? Maybe. Maybe we did Fahrenheit 9-11. Uh, maybe we. I don't remember. It's too we have to go ago. back and look. They're both great. I would love to review them both. But um, yeah. if we didn't, but I think we did one of them. Any event. Um, yeah. I so I mean, for Columbine. We did that one. We so, did do that one. Yeah, maybe that's what sure. we're what we're thinking of. So, uh, uh, yeah, capitalism love story is great too. That was the last one before Occupy Wall Street, in which that he is, said yeah. at the very end, so hard to watch. He he basically says, "I'm done making movies until you people fucking revolt." He literally says that in the movie that he was he, like retiring as a filmmaker unless people finally fucking took to the streets, and then it like literally happened. And I almost wonder if he kind of like knew like knew that Occupy Wall Street was in the works, right? Uh, so he could kind of be like, see, you know, look what I helped do sort of, um, cause the, like the, yeah. the last, I mean, last scene of the movie, he's like wrapping crime scene tape around buildings and, and on, on wall street. So <laughs> might've had a little bit of prior knowledge there about what was coming. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, it, you know, there, he's, he's done a ton of great movies and I think he gets a bad rap because he does, he's not, he's, he's a bit of a socially awkward person. So whenever he makes TV appearances, I think he tries to be funny and he says dumb shit like oh oprah should be president or michelle obama should be president but when you actually look at like the bulk of his work which is what he really devotes his time to his documentaries mm. um he's he's very you know and i i think i've said before when he gets back in touch with his activist roots he's great and he and he and he highlights oh, it yeah. in a way that few yeah. people can like it's a, like a, watching really... stephen king do an interview where you're just like ooh, that 
just ugh, stick yeah. to writing. Don't don't do interviews. Yeah. <laughs> You're not and then you read that. a book like you know the Shaw, like you read his Shawshank Redemption or like Green Mile yeah. or it or like any of his books, and you're like, oh, this is fucking incredible. Like, how's that guy? You know, such a weird kind of not, yeah. You know, not, not everybody's Martin Scorsese. Not everyone can can make art and then go talk about it in a way that's that's as entertaining as their craft is at the same time. Yeah. So. I almost said Tarantino, but that's almost for for the opposite reasons. Oh, yeah, like no, no, I, I can't stand oh, here and talk. He's gotten better. No, I, I watched a lot of press junket for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once upon he, time, yeah. Definitely, you could tell he was reining himself in a little bit. Maybe that you know, maybe that was like Brad Pitt kind of being like, "Hey, Quentin, just the up the Xanax, lowered the match, fucking Adderall match, or whatever." Match my level of enthusiasm and excitement, just right about there. Oh, no, Brad, Brad, Pitt's, Brad Pitt's a, out. <laughs> he's a calming influence. It's hard to not like try to play cool. I think around him, like if you're in a room with him, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And Leo uh, just, just fucking hates press junket, so it's like nobody, you know, everyone's oh, yeah. very mellow. Leo hates all that shit. Um, I, I just rewatched uh, that movie. Um, Ash hadn't seen it a second time yet, so I was watching it a third time. But I've, you know, it's fucking great. Um, I to rewatch it. It's so good. But it's, I mean, it's it's just the, the the whole flashback within a flashback about like his his wife, right? And like the reason why he can't get work because people don't like him because of this rumor that may or may not be true. And like the whole time he's like, you don't realize it's a flashback. And then he like they cut back to him and he's like, huh, fair enough. <laughs> it's just such a, it's <laughs> like just just to trust the audience to sit there for a nine minute long flashback and then jump back to him sort of looking at events and going like, yeah, I kind of got, I kind of own that one. Just so, yeah, great, great movie. I, I made um one of my, la- I think my last tweet I made last night before I got banned uh, was a, a top, top 21 best films of the last decade. And I kind of looked at some other like longer lists and kind of pulled my favorite ones. And uh, I think uh, Ryan Gosling was in at least four of them. So I was kind of like, all right, you know, it's kind of a white guy thing of me to, to do, but um, yeah, that was that, that one definitely made the cut the the top 21 time. yeah uh yeah but it also yeah, like a citizen citizen four definitely one of the best documentaries in the last 10 years uh 13th 13th uh documentary about the 13th amendment and prison slavery definitely made my my list so uh i i guess no one can read it now because my account is banned <laughs> i see yeah, I, I can I, still I, see it I would, I saw it and I liked most, I liked almost everything on it, but there were some things where I was, I, I, I there were a couple of omissions where I, uh, I can't remember even what they were now. Um, did you have get out on your list? No, that wouldn't be in my top 25 or top really? 20 for, the, for nope. the decade. No, I, I think it's a great movie. It's just not, it's, it's not high art to me, which is okay. No. It is what it is. It's just, it's a, it's a horror comedy. Uh, That's okay. Top 25. <laughs> maybe I, I I don't even know if I'd put that above. I mean, honestly, I think I, I enjoyed us more, and I think us is actually a better social commentary than Get Out was, even which is, uh, which I think a lot. I, that was the reason I wanted to review. I, we haven't gotten around to it yet, but one of these days I want to review us because the yeah. um, critiques of capitalism in that movie are actually really um, not subtle if you're looking for them. And it, it's pre, it's pretty nuts, actually. Like well, how, if you're looking for critiques of capitalism, you're going to find them anywhere, so they won't seem subtle at all. But, uh, but I think you know, sorry to bother you. Made the cut. Uh, Twelve Years sure, a Slave made the cut. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I tend more towards you know, kind of a little bit more buried themes uh, when possible. Uh, Meek's Cutoff, one of my favorite films by Kelly Reichardt, uh, stars. Um, 
stars uh, Michelle Williams. It's a very, very old West. Like most Westerns we watch are like 1880s and everyone's got revolvers and everything. Uh, Makes Cut Off is about people basically down the Oregon. You know, do you ever play or- the Oregon Trail course, computer yeah, game? Yeah. You're a kid? yeah. This is kind of like the movie version of that. And then it's like... <laughs> it doesn't go well. <laughs> I don't want to really bleak it, and depressing. And like, if you were actually oh, visualizing yeah. those things, you'd be like, Oh, yeah. this is fucking horrific, horrific that we're showing children this game. <laughs> basically. Yeah. But it's basically, it's like a Western in, in people trying to get, take the Oregon trail in like the 1830s. So it's all like bonnets and muskets and, and, and shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's no water. So they're all dying of thirst. So, uh, great movie. Also, Blue Valentine, another great Michelle Williams film. If you liked the the Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson movie, Marriage Story, I haven't seen it, but it looks like a watered down, like poor man's version of Blue Valentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, also, Ryan Gosling, uh, maybe the most realistic depiction of a romance and and heartbreak I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, First Man, Lost River, Drive, all projects with Ryan Gosling or directed by Ryan Gosling. So I, he's, he's, he's done good with his complete lack of emotion acting style that he's done. And he's got a thing. I mean, he's definitely got a thing. Um, yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think that pretty much does it for us tonight. Um, but uh, obviously you can support the show by rate reviewing and subscribing on Apple podcasts. I saw a lot of people have been doing that lately. We, we, I think we're at one point we're at like seven reviews. Now we're up to like 40 reviews or something on there. So we're, it's, it's, it's really helping out and we appreciate it. Um, and, and you know, genuinely that's the easiest way to help us, uh, continue as a show and to continue to get heard and, you know, pick up more listeners is to do that because eventually we're going to crack into the, um, uh, into the top tier ratings like it, you know once we can eventually kind of grow our audience on on apple podcasts as much as we have on soundcloud i think that'll that'll actually get us up in the ratings which then your show takes off like that you go from you know a uh, thousand listeners to uh, twenty thousand listeners like just by being in the apple charts yeah. so well um, and, and soundcloud's algorithm keeps uh screw us over apparently yeah. we, we keep rising and then all of a sudden it'll like drop down drastically and then it starts starts uh you know rising back up again and then drops again so uh, we really rely on listeners to uh spread the show especially now that i'm i'm gotten booted off twitter again <laughs> like we need folks yeah, to so help us out help this week us if out. you can you know more so, more so than ever for sure um yeah we're on soundcloud of course soundcloud.com slash move left you can find our main show there, you could find our Watchmen reviews uh, there if you're watching through that or if you watched through that um, and you want to check out our reviews. We fucking love that show. One of the biggest revelations of this year. Um, and we reviewed every episode. Um, we are reviewing Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to be posting our, our finale review soon. We you know, obviously have a bunch of movie reviews. We just did a 15 uh, to 16 hour long review of Rise of Skywalker uh, the other day. So go check that. It's a, it's not. It's like three and a half hours. It's fucking long. It's one of the longest uh, shows we've done. It's, yeah, it's long. Um, so um, go check that out if you want to hear. And we don't agree about the movie, so that's it's even better. If you have, you know, for it, no matter how you felt about the movie, you'll agree with somebody on the podcast. Put it that way. Um, probably. Um, and, and if uh, you didn't yeah. like it, then I'll convince you why you should. So just, just <laughs> putting that out there. I don't know about that, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, no! But I, 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 no, I genuinely think if you go into that podcast thinking one thing, you're probably gonna f- just agree with whoever thought you, whoever you agreed with going into that show. I don't think we. I think we kind of stalemated at the end of that 
three and a half hours if i'm if i'm being honest but i don't know i don't know but um yeah so go check that out uh uh, what else are we yeah we're on patreon if you want to support the show that way patreon.com slash move left uh merch we have available tinyurl.com slash move left merch i am on twitter at move underscore left and uh i am not you are not no longer on twitter so just no that's me i'm sure it'll be temporary i'm just not like i know that if twitter's doing this systematically uh yeah well that that's that's what they do apparently once they figure out that you're uh hammer and sickle is not ironic um yeah i'm just gonna take a break i was getting kind of bored with twitter anyway you know and it's there's some days it's kind of like all right well there's the news but other days i'm just like i'm tired of it tired of seeing the same people tweet mundane shit and get you know tons of attention most most benign possible takes it's just like eh, no no thanks you know this donald trump bloke uh not a nice guy Fifty thousand likes, fourteen thousand yeah. retweets. Um, or, or, or no. Just when people do like a single word quote tweet of something that actually is intelligent, you know, or they just they just type this, this, and like oh, and you got a, you got three hundred retweets for just typing the word this to something that was I've gotten way more engagement on dumb more. tweets than like thought out <laughs> tweets and or jokes, and it really bothers me. And I know yeah. I know it's so fucking stupid and it shouldn't matter, but like. Twitter, yeah, Twitter enga- it encourages, um, uh, in some in some ways, I think it encourages like a lack of intelligent discourse. You know, like it really. Yeah. Well, we got a Facebook page with almost five thousand followers on it, and anytime we post anything on there, it gets a shitload of engagement. So, yeah, I'm almost so go check us out over there. Almost more content to just kind of keep pushing that out there because there's there's definitely like a lot of Facebook groups now that are uh, saturated with very intelligent socialist type folks um just just the names alone things like um uh lord booty judges uh slumlord wine cave or some shit like that (laughs) i'm mixing mixing two together too but uh yeah just just good content um the uh the zoomers have taken facebook back from the zoo from the boomers (laughs) yeah for sure um and yeah and and you know go check that page out before it gets banned for being like a russian you know troll farm operation or whatever facebook's gonna fucking do yeah oh yeah they they fucking made us uh like verify our um our actual facebook accounts like our personal accounts you like give your license or some shit like some insanity like that yeah i didn't do it but they wanted it and i like emailed back and forth and they were like well if you don't want to show us that, then you have to change your screen name. And I was like, "Fucking all right, fascists." Um, but yeah, they were they were like, "Oh, you're you're so important that you are your your dank memes might sway in elections. We have to verify your Americans." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "All right, if that's the price it takes to fucking stay dank, then I guess I'm doing it." Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, That does it for us this week, uh, and we will see you next week.
There's insanity in the control room tonight.